What's up, everybody? This is Billy Ray on the pre-roll for you of the Braylon Johnson and Lauren Johnson interview here on Tuesday, July 5th. We have a great interview lined up for you here. Wanted to go ahead and hear from Braylon, one of our newest commits from Highland Springs High School right outside of Richmond. And we also brought along his father, tech legend Lauren Johnson, also the head coach of Highland Springs High School. Before we jump into that interview, I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors over at Main Street Pharmacy on Main Street in Blacksburg. They do an incredible job of taking care of the community and taking care of you where you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. A couple other announcements for you here before we jump into this. Over the last few weeks, you've had some really, really awesome uh, interviews on the feed Starting with our previous episode, which was an ACC schedule breakdown, Mean Girls edition, with special guest Bryce Chalkley. Previous to that, Chris Ellis and Jordan Long joined the podcast for an interview. Before that, we had the Locks of Saturday go over some summer headlines and teams that they like heading into the 22-23 season. And then Macho Harris, back on June 16th, another player from Highland Springs High School. Really excited. Going to go ahead and turn this over to Braylon and Lauren. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. And without further ado, here is Braylon and Coach Johnson. It is Tuesday, July 5th. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. It's been a great week in Hokie Nation. A lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good stuff cooking. Uh, My name is Pat Finn. We got Billy Ray Mitchell uh, as well here today. We are the Sons of Saturday. We are excited to welcome some very, very, very special guests. That is plural. Guests. (laughs) A family affair over here. We have uh, one of the latest commits for the class of 2023, Braylon Johnson, and his father, Coach Lauren Johnson. I'm going to run a quick intro on both of them real quick here. But uh, So we got Braylon, 6'1", 170, safety from Highland Springs, Virginia, committed to Virginia Tech on July 1st uh, to kick off the fireworks of the weekend uh, after his official visit on June 25th. And Braylon had offers from South Carolina, Boston College, Penn State, Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, West Virginia, UVA, UNC, among others. And then Lauren Johnson, Coach LJ, played defensive back at Virginia Tech from 1995 to 1998. Hokies were ripping off uh, at least nine wins per year during that stretch. And he played in the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl and capped off his career kicking the tail out of uh, Alabama in the Music City Bowl. Coach Johnson has been the head coach at Highland Springs since 2008 and has won four uh, state championships as the head whistle there, building the Highland Springs Springers into an elite football powerhouse in the state of Virginia. But most importantly, Coach Johnson's mission is to work with young people and give them an opportunity to grow as individuals. So I know 
famous father-son uh, combos across the board. Bobby and Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Beamer, Shane Beamer. Step aside, everyone. We got Coach LJ and Braylon Johnson. So just want to say welcome to the Sons of Saturday. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Doing well, man. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Definitely. So I know you guys, we did a little uh, cross-country coordination here. I know you guys are out west. Uh, what brings you to California? You guys just out there for vacation? Actually, we're in Vegas. Uh, okay. Yeah, just family vacation. Just a little something different. You know, we've done quite a few different vacations at different times. This was just something that was really spurred a moment last minute. Uh, my wife threw it together, and we're just we're enjoying the fruits of her labors. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I hope you all are enjoying your time in Vegas. We're going to kick this off with what the talk of the town was for. I had friends texting me from New Jersey with zero affiliation to Virginia Tech saying that commitment video was one of the best we have ever seen. Um, I have several times taken issue with some of the some of the videos, uh, whether it's hat throwing or walking through all the mail and everything else. But it was a great the, the way that it was organized was awesome. Getting to hear your story, your ties to Virginia Tech. Um, I'd like to know who had the vision for this video, who helped you put it together. Just kind of walk us through that a little bit. So I would really say that was all me though. I ain't gonna lie, it was. Um, okay. It started, I think it started when I was I was really young, like even when I was like maybe like five or six, I always like had a vision of like where I wanted to go. Like, you know, watching people grow up um and, and do like their commitment and, and things of that nature. And, you know, you just start you start to come up with like plans and things you want to do. So like it's always been a thing for me. Um, so I committed. Um, I would say two or three weeks before then. So I was committed before I even took my official. But it was like that was important to me. So I took my time on it. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just something I put together. It was me, um, Zach, who is who works with um the, the camera the creative team at Tech, yeah. and then Jordan Long. And then since the NCAA rules are so strict. Um, the workout piece was done by a photographer at home, um, that goes by Dre the Shooter. Um, so he did, he did that piece for me, but it was all kind of like a collaborative effort. And Zach worked really well with me, uh, because I wouldn't say that, well, I, I mean, I, I would say that my, my ideas were kind of all over the place. He just kind of put it together for me. Um, and that was the way I really wanted it. So, I mean, Zach had a big part in that for sure. So the Steven Spielberg behind everything was Braylon Johnson himself. Really, really well done. I don't think I've ever heard Hozier on a commitment video. I love that too. So really, really uh, well done. And uh, Braylon, we'll start with you on this. Uh, so you visited South Carolina. You visited yeah. Penn State. You visited yeah. Virginia Tech. Uh, on the, you committed a few days later. You just said that you made that decision about yeah. two weeks. Uh, two weeks prior. Was there anything? Aside from that visit, since the decision was already made, what kind of pushed you towards making that decision? What uh, what led you to eventually become a Hokie? Um, I would say uh, so. It, it, I kind of let me go back to it. Um, it all started really going up to Tech uh, for our seven oh seven. I was really speaking with my father. We were just talking about our whole recruiting process or my whole recruiting process as a whole. You know, like everything that's went on. You know, um, either whether it be like schools not recruiting me anymore just because coach changes or like, you know, just my recruiting process as a whole. So we went through that process and talked about how things used to be at Tech. And I was just like, um, I think a week before, a week prior, I went to South Carolina official visit. I loved it. Absolutely. 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 Um, I did love it. But 
um, it was just like, if I didn't go to tech, I would really have regretted it. Um, so that was my deal. So I went up and I think Coach Pye was talking to, he was talking to us way before, um, way before, like, it was our introduction to coming. And he was just like, if this is a place you're going to regret being, um, you need to be here right now. So that's where I kind of like, everything was kind of like all in for me. Like I committed and I was all in, but I was definitely all in when he said that just because I had a conversation with my father. He didn't know I had the conversation with him, but it was still like kind of added up. So that definitely kind of like shifted, you know, shifted everything. And coach Johnson, how did you, how did you balance going through this process with Braylon, my son, Braylon, my player and Braylon, just making sure that he's making the right decision. What kind of, I don't want to say influence, but how did you try to guide Braylon through this, uh, through this process? I think Billy and Pat, the, the number one thing is just be consistent with, with your process, right? So I've had experience doing this now for 20 years. You go all the way back to Ryan Williams, right? Uh, guys before Ryan Williams uh, and then guys after Ryan Williams, um, you know, you just watch the process and watch how you have to communicate with coaches. The, the, the hardest part probably in the entire process is, you know, when you sit down with a coach behind closed doors and the coach now starts to ask you about the individual in question, Braylon Johnson. So you, you, you don't want to feel like you're giving all of the information away about your son. Right. Um, but you also don't want to feel like you're, you're pushing him more than you're pushing somebody else. So I guess just 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 being consistent with what you do, giving the facts, giving the information, uh, making sure they know who he is as a player and then making sure he understands the requirements, you know, of being a college athlete, of being a student athlete. And I think that's something that I do with all of the players. You know, the one thing that I was privy to is that, um, you know, I get to go home with them. So some of those conversations kind of spill over to the dinner table or when we're cutting the grass or when we're in the garage and then. You know, when you're dealing with something that happens negative in the recruiting process, you just kind of bring it to his attention. You know, and then when you bring it to his attention again, the, the ability to be able to walk into his bedroom and talk to him was probably the biggest difference than I have with any other football player. So how much has it changed since when you were being recruited? I mean, we're going to ask a little bit about, you know, NIL is this completely new world. Um, the facilities are are blow people away. It's amazing how much recruiting has changed just since I have been recruited back in 2014. What were the biggest differences that you noticed as you went through this recruiting process with um, players you had before and your son? I just, the biggest thing is now you have to court a college just as much as they court you, right? So unofficial visits have become so important in this process. So you're spending more money in the process than what you would have done in years previously, or definitely when I was being recruited. You know, every, everybody was coming to you. Everybody came to South Florida to see me. And then, you know, you had official visits. So that's the first thing, the amount of investment that is required by parents if you're going to play at a power five level. Uh, the second part of it is um, the timeline. The timeline is so different. This time last year, man, we were just enjoying 707 camps coming out of COVID. Yeah. Now you're talking about making a commitment and a commitment video and, and, you know, you don't get the opportunity to go through your senior year to kind of figure out if you're going to develop and if you're going to grow. So what I found out in this process is if, if a kid is not ready at this point in time, you know, you're going to be limited to what you can do, where you can go, who wants to see you. Uh, there's there's very little room for error or little very little room for growth in a football player his senior year of high school. So 
we're going to stick on that for a second. And this segment is called Highland Springs to Virginia Tech, which has been really hot. And then it was really not that hot. So I went through special thanks to Peter Musket, who has a recruiting map. Um, it's an incredible tool. I'll link it in that article if you all haven't used it yet. But according to his records, the history of Highland Springs to Virginia Tech in terms of offered players going to Virginia Tech starts in 1989 with Harold Banks. He was a two-star cornerback to Nolan Burkett, 2002, three-star D end. Uh, Victor Macho Harris, just on the podcast, 2005, five-star cornerback. Chris Hill, four-star cornerback in 2007. You had both of the Hopkins brothers, Antoine and Derek, 2008-2010, playing D-tackle. And then Jerome Wright, a teammate of mine. He was a two-star running back. And then we had 10 recruiting cycles since a Highland Springs kid came to Virginia Tech. And this year, so far, we have Mr. Johnson and we have Mr. Heath in the boat right now. So, Coach Johnson, I want to ask you, the relationship with Virginia Tech uh, you were at Virginia Tech, as Pat mentioned, when it all started, the Sugar Bowl in 1995. And it's not necessarily breaking news that Virginia Tech and Highland Springs, among other schools in and around the Richmond or Virginia area in general, have seemed to have a little bit of a fractured relationship with Virginia Tech over the last few years. Can you walk me through that and how the relationship has transformed to where it is right now? All right. Yeah, I, I can do that. Uh, first, though, you got to add Jim Davis to that list. Jim Davis okay. played at Howard Springs, uh, and his very good friend of mine, his, his son is actually in my class. So you know this thing goes full circle <laughs> at that point in time. When a guy that played after you, his son is now in my class at Howard Springs. But let me, let me tell you what I know. Uh, there was a guy. That, there's some connections here that you got to go back and you got to, you know, connect the dots so you have an, a great understanding of where this comes from. Uh, Rudy Ward. Rudy Ward was the athletic director that hired me or activities director now in high school realms. Uh, he was the activities director that, that hired me. He was really, really, really good friends with Jim Cavanaugh. Okay. So when when I think the banks, uh, you know, when banks signed, it was just, okay, there's an opportunity to go to Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't think, I think Coach Ward may have been in his earlier days uh, as the activities director at that point in time. But then when Coach Kavanaugh came on staff, uh, you're talking about 95, 96 in that realm or that area, and he started recruiting the Richmond area, there were a lot of kids going from Richmond to Virginia Tech. You're talking about Ricky Hall, talking about Ken Oxendine, uh, all the guys that you said from Highland Springs, Brian Steele from Huguenot. Um, it, it, there's a plethora of guys that come out of the Richmond area. So that's the first dot that you have to understand that Coach Kavanaugh, Jim Kavanaugh did a phenomenal job of recruiting the area. Okay. Um, then you go through that, that cycle where there's some changes made on the staff. Uh, and I don't, you know, of course, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I'm not behind closed doors, but Coach Kavanaugh leaves. And then I think Shane comes in and Shane recruits the area. Um, and there were some guys that were recruited that may not have panned out. Okay. From the Richmond area. So then, to my, this is my own knowledge, my own understanding. There were times where those guys uh, that did not pan out were compared to guys that were at the school at Hollis Springs when I was there. So when I got there in 08, there were some guys that got there probably six, seven, that didn't do what they were supposed to do. And then there was a comparison like, okay, the Richmond kids are not as good as they were in the past. So I think that kind of started and snowballed this process a little bit. And then you got, 
you know, Shane leaving, who, you know, trying to mend bridges, Shane leaving and then other people coming in. So the earlier part of the staff uh, after Coach Beamer left didn't really spend a lot of time in Richmond. That's 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 facts. That's understanding. So you, you now you're talking about 08, 09, 10, 11, 12. You just kind of go through the years. A lot of snowballs. A lot of snowballs, man. And I mean, they are piling up big time. So, and I got a lot of questions from a lot of coaches. Hey, you know, why is your alma mater not coming through? You know, why are they not recruiting the kids? And then, then when I personally had kids uh, in 2015, 14, 15, 16, 17, that we, and 18, that we thought we really could play there. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it was a tumultuous uphill battle uh, at that point in time to get kids to even buy into Virginia Tech because there was no one that they could relate to or that they had known to even be there. So you're almost talking about a generation of kids that never had anybody play at Virginia Tech from our school or from our area, um, except Rashad Ashby. And, and that was that was like a one deal. And Coach Foster really bought into him, liked him a lot, and he was an All-American. So you, you can kind of see – uh, and if not all American, definitely all all ACC performer. You can see how the, the the talent is there, but you just don't have a lot of guys going there. So other people just start tapping into the region, tapping into the area. One being Coach Pride at Penn State. You know what I mean? That's their kind of their footprint. Um, you know, Shane doing a good job in South Carolina when he got there. And even before that, when he was at other places like Tennessee. And, um, you know, these are people that we know that have recruited the area really, really well. And people bought into them. So, it's kind of a tough deal, but that's kind of how it snowballed. So Coach Pry's been here for all of about eight and a half minutes. How did he kind of work to stop? What's the word that we could look for? How did how did he turn the snowball into summertime and start melting that big old uh, that big old ice man that we had? What did he do to kind of fix the relationship and make sure that we made Richmond a priority? And how was that felt and received by coaches in your area? I think just be present. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Richmond and the state of Virginia as a whole is all about relationships. And I think if you understand that, you can recruit the area uh, by building those relationships, even when there's not somebody in your building who fits the power five mold, you still are there. You still uh, are seen by, by the guys that come in that recruit the area. Then you do a good job of just being present when there is somebody that's available. And I think it's not completely done now. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but but there's definitely been a change. And like you said, the process has begun. The process has started where you can kind of mend some bridges, uh, rebuild some bridges, and, and then uh, kind of get guys moving in the right direction to get this thing moving forward. So, Braylon, you know, now that you know your your plans for the next four years after graduation mm -hmm. here, um, you still have a, a a path to high school graduation. What are some of your goals for the rest of your time as a Springer, whether it be a personal goal, a team goal, an academic goal? I uh, would love to hear about, you know, the next 12 months uh, for Braylon Johnson. So I would start off with academics, really. Uh, graduated my associate's degree in 60 credits, 60 credit college hours. Um, so I finished with that, um, with my advanced college academy program. And then, uh, when the state championship, I feel like it's kind of like should have been done a while back. One year, I mean, what was it, 2018, 19, and 20? 
Um, it should have been done, or I might have been 2019, 20, then 21, it should have been done. But um, yeah, definitely get one of those before I graduate. That means the world to me, uh, honestly. Um, that's the most important thing to me right now, uh, winning the state championship. Um, so those are really the two things that are big for me, but definitely the graduating with my associate's degree, finishing my credit hours and getting that thing done. So when I get to college, I have free time to do things um, and tr get better and focus on football a little more um, now that I have 60 credit hours out the way. One thing before uh, Pat, you asked the second part of that question. I just got to say there are a lot of uh, a lot of adults shaking their heads saying this young man. He went to academics first. He's talking about you got your priorities straight, man. I'm glad uh, glad to hear it. Fantastic. Yeah, I wish I wish I came in with that many credits. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, yeah. And then as far as, you know, um, your own game, what part of your own game on the field are you working on the most right now? So um, I would say I'm a long corner. So I think my like I'm really just starting to grow into my body, um, honestly, or not really growing into my body. But at the same time, I kind of am. Um, I'm still like a slender kid at 170 uh, with really long arms, like a 6'2 wingspan, 6'3 wingspan. Um, so I would say my press man, uh, really. Um, I think I think that's really like that's what I'm working on. Now. My eye discipline. Uh, not that I have to work on it, but every DB should work on it just because your eye discipline is probably like what gets you beat most of the time, what helps you make plays. Like those are things that I'm really working on. Uh, Hand-eye coordination, um, good feet at the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, but eye discipline is really big. Um, so I'm working on that. But yeah, that's what I'm That's what I'm really trying to hold in on these next couple of months before the season starts, even when the season's going on. Um, and then you got signing day coming up later in the year. Um, and then you and I, I let me know if I'm saying this right. So you and Takai yeah. are both coming out of Highland Springs, both coming out of the 804. Is there anyone else right now that you're you're uh, you know you're in their ear and you're saying, hey, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, that you're trying to target uh, to get to sign with you guys? Um, I wouldn't say any yet, just because I'm a, I'm a new signing. Uh, honestly, when I wasn't committed, I was still trying to recruit people, kind of, uh, but like on the low, um, just for like that one that two one to two week period. Um, but I think Kavion Keats from Ryan is a, is a, is a, has, plays with a good mortar. Um, and a couple other guys, uh, I wouldn't say, but I think Coach Pye likes Kavion Keats a lot. Um, so that might be a good fit for him. Um, whether he wants to stay home or not, that's up to him. Um, but we'll see. Um, and then we got the kid from Freeman. He's a, he, he plays DN. He played, he was a swimmer in high school, uh, or he swim. So that, that's pretty cool. We'll see how, how that pans out as well. Um, and yes, yeah, so, but, I feel like most of the guys from Richmond are developmental guys. Like after a year or two, like we'll definitely be um, high ACC players. Um, so I wouldn't say right now. Uh, I do need to go back and look before like the season starts and, and you know, kind of check off my list with guys. But the, the Virginia area as a whole is definitely like an area I'm recruiting myself. So, yeah, not just Richmond, though. So – Next question for you, sons of scholars, any majors in interest you right now? Is there something that you're, uh, whether it's career path or something that you learned on your visit, um, what, what really interests you? I know you mentioned that you're interested in videography, the sports journalism department does uh, some amazing, amazing things. So I'm curious what majors may be interesting you as you uh, take that step into your collegiate career academically. So early on coming into like high school or like midway through middle school, I was really big into like engineering. 
So that would have been a good spot for me. And in my high school, um, we have an engineering program. Uh, most of those kids go to Virginia Tech or UVA, but you know, most of them are at Tech. Um, but now that I'm in business, uh, I really wanted to shift gears and now I'm really in the commercial property real estate. Um, so that's something I want to do, um, make a lot of money doing that. So, yeah, and I think with my name, I can, I mean, and I'm a good people's person. Um, all that will kind of come together and mesh together and I could be a good a realtor. Um, so that's that's something I would love to do, uh, whether it be after football, while I'm in college, because I'll be done uh, working on my master's. Um, whether it be that, but uh, definitely being a realtor, um, that's something I can see myself doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. So next, we're going to move into our rapid fire section. Just some quick questions to get to know both of you. We'll start with Braylon. Um, first of all, Spotify, Apple Music, where are you, where are you getting your music from? Apple Music, for sure. And who are we listening to? What's uh, what, Kevin what's my favorite right now? Kevin Gates. Huh? That's my favorite. Kevin Gates is my favorite artist. Okay. Favorite TV show? Um, we can say um, uh, Martin. 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 That's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what was your favorite moment on your Virginia Tech visit? I think everybody, when they go, there's either a person on the staff that you jive really well with, or a presentation that was really impressive. What was your favorite moment on your Virginia? Well, Tech? I'll go with the first. I go with like kind of the first choice that you were the or the first thing you mentioned, Coach AJ, uh, AJ Hampton, really good guy. I just vibe with him well throughout the whole visit. Um, it wasn't one moment that was dull. AJ Hampton, good guy for sure. And what was your favorite moment on a visit to another school? Um, Coach Johnson, I'm sure you enjoyed catching up with Coach Beamer at South Carolina. Uh, what were some of the moments at other schools that really stood out to you both? Man, uh, so first let's start with South Carolina. I think South Carolina does a very good job impressing the recruits with how they cook and, and how they're fed. Uh, I, it's the SEC at the end of the day, but – um, they definitely do a good job with that. So I learned how to, I really learned how to cook at South Carolina. So, um, I would say that we made our own hibachi food. That was solid for sure. I love, I, I like that. Um, I would say that, but I think everything else is like kind of materialistic things, uh, sitting down with Coach Torian at South Carolina was good. And then, you know, a couple other schools, I like Michigan state a lot. And I would say throughout my process, um, that was probably like top two best games I went to outside of Tech and Notre Dame, but, Michigan and Michigan State was was live for sure. Like I'd never been in 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 that type of environment before outside of tech. Um ain't nobody nobody really fills up the stadiums like that. So I would say that that game was definitely like definitely it. Coach Johnson, anything stand out to you at the at the other visits? I, I didn't take official visits. I don't have to go to school. No, there you go. <laughs> so I'm different than any other parent, buddy. Uh, I've been through this for 20 years. Uh, My wife and I had some discussions about, you know, the importance of going on a visit. She really wanted to go. She hadn't been through this process, but uh, we had some, we have other children and they had other events going on. So we wanted to focus on our daughter who runs track, uh, spend some time with her. So my father who didn't go on official visits either, he went with Braylon to South Carolina Uh, on unofficial visits, man. I kind of took myself in the corner and just kind of let Braden go through the process and let him get a feel for it. Um, this is not something that I, I'm not going to have to wake up and hit that time and temperature button and walk across the drill field. Right. I'm not, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to have to go sit in McBride 100. I don't have to go to, uh, <laughs> I don't have to do any of those things anymore. You understand what I mean? I, I, I just don't have to do it. I don't got to walk downtown, uh, you know, to do anything. I don't I don't have to stand in line to get books. I don't have to do any of that anymore. So since I don't have to do it, I didn't go on a visit. 
Uh, and that's kind of what I pushed to push to my wife as well. Like he's going to be the one when he makes this decision. It's going to be a decision that he has to live with the consequences, whether they're positive consequences or negative consequences the rest of his life. Uh, so this wasn't something that I was going to be engaged with at all, Billy and Pat. I just wasn't going to do it. So no, no memories for me, I guess, if there has to be a memory, it's the mere fact that my father, who was born in South Carolina, who never had been on South Carolina's campus because of segregation laws, was able to go on a visit with his grandsons to South Carolina. That that would probably be the biggest thing for me, uh, if any. That's awesome. And, and you won't say it, so I'll go ahead and say it for you. That is the correct way to allow your kids to go through the recruiting process. You got a lot of got a lot of helicopter parents out there, so take some notes. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that it worked out that way. Um, hey Billy, I'll say it. Billy, I'll say it. Don't okay. go on a visit with your child, man. It's like your son has to go to school. Now some parents may not agree with it, and they parent the way that they want to parent. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this guy off in Blacksburg, and I'm turning around and I'm going back to Richmond. And I'm going to coach another team with this younger brother and, and, and some of his friends. And I'm going to go visit games. But he's not ever coming back home. Uh, you understand where I'm coming from? When I drive up there to visit, it's not going to happen. Like, I, I don't like it here. No, no, no. I didn't make this decision. You made this decision. So you got to stay and you got to live it. You know, and what we say at our school, you just got to thug it out. That's what you got to do. <laughs> no offense to bust about. Print the T-shirts. Print the T-shirts. That's about three T-shirts with quotes that we could we could uh, we could put out there for you. Uh, last one for you, Braylon. Is there an athlete that you look look up to uh, or study? Now it could be somebody's mentality. A lot of uh, folks say they love Kobe Bryant. They love Michael Jordan. It could be somebody that plays your position, whose film you study. Are there any professional athletes or collegiate athletes that you really look up to or study? Um, last year before Sauce Gardner, <laughs> I would say. The Fuller brothers, uh, Kyle Fuller, um, you know, like, like even like trying to get like clips of him, like from Tech, um, when he played Amari Cooper, um, in the in the in the kickoff in the uh, Chick Fil A kickoff classic, I got that on my Google Drive, so I I watch that constantly, um, you know, things like that. So I I, I like to watch him, um, you know, I, I like to watch him early on, but now like I kind of look at people like that I look like, you know, like, um. Sauce Gardner, like he's like long corner. Uh, he came in not super big. I think Israel McCombo from um, South Carolina was a guy that I watched also. Um, not really like as known, but he was really tall, like six four, really long arms, not super fast, um, but good good speed, good track speed, um, kind of like me. Um, and then like Richard Sherman, uh, those guys. So those are the people I really watch and uh, study. And then, Coach, a little bit of rapid fire for you here. Uh, back in Blacksburg, when you were a student at Virginia Tech, what was your favorite place to get a bite to eat? Oh, uh, Mike's Burgers, man. It's no longer there. <sighs> yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Pour one out. Pour one out. I for think Mike's we get that one the most. We get that one the most, and we get Gumby's Pizza. Is it Gumby's Pizza? That's the oh, pizza. Gumby's Listen, living in the dorm, man, Gumby's Pizza was a savior. $5 pizzas? Oh, it's clutch, clutch, clutch. <laughs> and that was Especially before we had any money, man. I was yeah, about to say, know. Braylon, it's a little, times have changed, man. I remember the, my first year, <laughs> two years in college was before we had the, the cost of attendance, um, which athletes now may not be familiar with times before then, but uh, money was definitely short uh, back in the day, even for student athletes. So looking for yeah. swipes, a little different, a little bit, little bit different. <laughs> uh, coach, favorite game that you played in? 
as a Hokie? Uh, you know, Takai Heath asked me this a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, he, he asked me a little different phrase, like, what was the best game I played in? You know, the game that I enjoyed the most, to be absolutely honest with you, man, it's kind of a twofold deal. And it's at the beginning and at the end. The Music City Bowl, I mean, it was great, of course, because who we were playing. I was against Alabama. But for me, man, you know, playing against Miami in 1995, the first game that I ever started in, uh, that's one that I'll never forget. I mean, there were great games in between. Uh, there were fun games in between. Uh, but but those two, for me, stand out. I got to tell you, I just got goosebumps thinking of that Miami 95 game. That was, I mean, that was the, uh, that was the big Miami victory that kind of started it all. Yeah. Um, and then uh, favorite Coach Beamer story. Whew. <laughs> we were, uh, we were up in Pittsburgh after we beat Miami <laughs> and, uh, um, and we were playing like trash. I mean, couldn't move the ball, couldn't do anything. And, and I don't know what type of watch it was. I'm always assuming it was a Rolex cause it was Frankie B. But um, he was so animated and so hot at halftime at how bad we were playing. He uh, he kind of punched his hand a couple times in a row. And that that Rolex flew off. And John Boleyn, who's working upstairs now, I mean, he was scrambling in the midst of us to get that that uh, <laughs> <get> that watch <laughs> and pick it back up and give it to the head man. But, but that was one time that was really, really good. And I think the other time, uh, it was a lesson for me as a coach. We were playing Akron in 96, and uh, I looked a little bit different than, than everybody else, and he stood me on the sideline for about one or two series uh, until I got myself together, uh, the way I looked in terms of clothing and gear, because, you know, everybody got to look the same, Palsy. Uh, and so uh, that was one of those deals where I learned a lot about myself and about my coaching philosophy and uh, why things need to be uniform and why you have to look like a team. So those two deals. I got to add one more uh, to that since you mentioned it earlier uh, and good, good, uh, good Lester Carlin drop. Shout out to him. We love, we love Lester in the, uh, in the equipment department. Do you have a favorite coach Kavanaugh story? Uh, now he kind of coached Pearson a lot more, but, but, but Cav will come by and do bed check and really do bed check. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what it was for you, Billy, but I'm, I'm telling you this right now. Uh, Cav will come by. And, and I stayed with Anthony Midget, Phil Summers, uh, myself. All right, we stayed in Terrace U townhouses, okay? So Phil Summers played for Cal, and he would come over and he would check, okay? And we were like, okay, Cal's gone. Thursday night, we just going to at least just stand in front of the door, just kind of hang out. No, we couldn't go anywhere, but we just going to stand in front of the door. And Cal was hanging around, around the corner, man, waiting on us to come out the door. And it was like, hey, Cat, we we just wanted to stand in front of the door. He thought we was going somewhere. We weren't going anywhere. <laughs> like, I mean, Cav took he took uh he took it to the, the the highest level you could take. Curfew check, man. I mean, he I don't know, maybe he was calling to kind of find out the next place, but we walked out the door just to kind of sit in the chairs in front of the door. You know, he's he's hanging out. You know, wasn't ready for bed, and Cav was still out there, man. It, it just blew my mind. Still to this day, I mean, was he waiting on us? Did he know we were gonna come outside the door? What the deal was? But Cav, man, just just a different guy. He was get, very detail oriented, and it made us a better football team because of it. <laughs> and then, uh, what is your favorite non-football Virginia Tech memory? Ooh. Uh, Non-football memory? 
I mean, it'd be absolutely honest, man. Kicking it with Ace Custis, you know, Goo, uh, Troy Mans, hanging out with the guys that played basketball. I mean, we just we had our own little deal. Uh, it wasn't a lot going on in Blacksburg then. It's very different than when you went to school, Billy. It's a lot of barbecues, a lot of cookouts, a lot of hanging out. Um, you know, and just just being with the guys, and that that goes for, you know, Keon Carpenter. You know what I mean? Tyron Edmonds, Marcus Gildersleeve. The guys that I kind of, John Engelberger, Keith Short. I, had, I spent a lot of time with Keith Short, believe it or not. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should have been with Keith Short. He's a different animal. Him <laughs> <laughs> and John Engelberger were different animals, man. Ken Handy was in our suite with us. I mean, these guys that I call their names, man, that, and we just had a great time. Angelo Harrison, um, just hanging out in Blacksburg, man. That's non-football moments, but those are football guys and basketball guys that made being in Blacksburg worthwhile. Sean Sullivan. I go on for the days calling Brian Edmonds. Like we just had a ball, uh, you know, just kind of being there, hanging out. It was great. So this brings us to our Letters from the Lunch Pail segment, which is brought to you by Sharkies. Braylon, when you're in Blacksburg, great place to go get wings. Coach Johnson. Pre-game on Fridays, we do throw uh, events at Sharkies. So we'd love to see you down there. When you're visiting Blacksburg, come on down and hang out at Sharkies. It is where good friends go. So DS Hokey and Who Tears One, interesting uh, at names. They have questions related to NIL, so we can just kind of lump these together. But what kind of presence, if any, did NIL play in recruiting? Was it more prevalent in certain places than in others? Um, was it a comfortable conversation to have? I can't imagine having those kind of conversations on recruiting visits where you're trying to learn about, do you guys have my major? Where am I living? What's the temperature when I can walk across the drill field? How cold is it and windy is it in December when I'm walking across the drill field, which Braylon, you'll, you'll become accustomed to here in a minute. Um, <laughs> how was NIL kind of positioned during your recruiting process? Um, I kind of like upfront, I was uh, really like honest about it. And I, and I said, I wasn't really worried about it. Cause I think at the end of the day, it takes care of it. It, take, it takes care of itself um just by you playing well uh so like I didn't have my first conversation with coach Pry, and I would I like talk about other schools too but I, I didn't have my first conversation with NIL with coach Pry until the last day of, of me at tech and I didn't even bring it up it was just like a conversation we're kind of having of what he has in plan um just because it kind of is important now and you have to worry about it because there are some parents that um kind of want their kids to go certain places because of the money or the kids are so caught up in materialistic things um, such as like cars, housing, like where they're going to stay at, that, you know, that you have to show them that. If not, you'll be behind like some schools are right now recruiting. Um, so I don't think Coach Price tries to sell people on it because we never had a conversation on it, but every school does have their like NIL presentation or, and it's all the same thing. Uh, they, you know, they take you through, um, you know, how how they'll do certain things. And it, it's all kind of the same thing. Every school I went to, it was the same thing. So I would say that, but, you know, visiting South Carolina, I would say like NIL is bigger in the SEC, I believe, um, just because they have to get better kids uh, to compete against your Alabamas, your LSUs, Floridas, all those schools are going to be really good. Um, So, and they're, they're very prestigious schools. So, and, you know, they have bigger donors. Um, So they, you know, it's kind of like bigger than SEC off the one SEC school I visited. Um, but even like talking to my friends with them going on camp visits and visits, they still talk about how 
um, how the SEC schools do push NIL a little harder. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't at all a factor in my decision though. Um, wherever I go, I'll play. I knew I'll play good, or I will play good, and that's gonna just come with it. I'll I'll, I'll add this, Pat and, and Billy. Um, you know, from the parent perspective, and and, and from the you know the high school coaches perspective, uh, it's all about organization. I think that's the key to it. Some schools are really, really organized. And we, we, we visited quite a few schools um, in the ACC, in the SEC, um, you know, in the Big Ten, it's, it, Big 12. It's, it's just organization. I think if you can be organized with it, then it seems to the to the athlete that it may be better in some places. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's more organization to it uh, at, at some schools than it is others. Uh, and then there's schools that, Really, we're not going to carp on it, but I think those schools still have a plan. They just haven't broadcasted their plan to everybody. And I think that's strategic in a sense. I mean, you know, talking to Coach Pry um, and talking to other people, you know, uh, Coach Clausen at Wake Forest, I, th- I thought they had a phenomenal presentation on it, but it's just the organization, how you handle it, and then understanding your clientele that are coming into your building. Yeah. I will also say, like, like one other school that was really good with it and you know just organized with how they did things, Oklahoma. Um, and I think and I think they do a really good job recruiting and their old staff was really good at that. Um, but the NIL, their NIL presentation was very good. You know, they just had a lot of branding. It wasn't just how to make money. Um, it was it went in depth and there was some substance to it. I I I can admit to that. Um, but they had a really good NIL presentation. I'm pretty sure they're doing really good in Southern Cal right now for sure. So uh, another question from Who Tears One: Biggest draw to Virginia Tech and biggest flaw from Virginia Tech. Um, go ahead. I would say my bit. So let's start off with the flaw. Um, I would say early in my process, uh, just kind of being like kind of immature to the topic, or not even immature, but just I didn't really understand um, how much time I would have, or like you know. But I, it was always like um, I'm going to go to the school. Um, and like what's around it, like, like, so UNC early on in my process was very appealing to me just because you had, um, you had NC State close, you had UNCG, uh, you had ANT, you had some HBCUs near me, some people that look like me around me. Um, so that was, that was appealing to me early on, but I think, um, yeah, my biggest draw with, with tech was like what's around there really. Um, but when I sat back and thought about it, you have Roanoke. Um, which is kind of like a city my dad spent time in. Charlotte is two and a half hours away, I believe, maybe three. Um, so, you know, I have my, my grandfather stays there. But I didn't really, you know, as I went into my process more, I didn't want to be too close to anything, really, or not, and, and, and not too far, just because I do want to focus on football, and that's something that's important to me, and still be three and a half hours away from my parents, which didn't play a major role in my decision. But, you know, I still want to be there. Um, so... You know, that was my biggest draw early on. Uh, and then, oh, my, yeah, my biggest flaw. And then what was the other question? What's your biggest draw? Oh, my biggest draw? Um, I would say just just playing in state um, and being around, like, people that I grew up playing with or, you know, um, play against. Um, that's important for me because uh, uh, ACC and the national championship uh, will feel way better if you're playing – with your hometown. Um, and I think there's only one school really in state that's, you know, that's known in state. 
Uh, so yeah, I think I think that's definitely like like the biggest the biggest draw for sure. Like playing with the guys in my state, um, you know, winning an ACC and a national championship. So yeah. Hokey for life says to both of you guys, what is your favorite father son moment involving Virginia Tech in your memory? You know, whether it was watching mm-hmm. a game together or being on campus together or even being around former players that Lauren played with. Um, anything come to mind there? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they want to know mine, to be honest with you. Um, uh, and the reason I say that is because it wasn't a positive deal. Uh, it wasn't positive. But you live and you learn. Uh, and, and, and I'll share it with you. So everybody may not like this. We went down to a spring game maybe three years ago, four years ago now. And and when we got to the spring game, we were on the sideline. They asked us to move from the sideline uh, for whatever the reason was. <laughs> and and uh, they let other alumni stay on the sideline. So it was one of the deals. But what I learned about my son, Braylon, at that point in time, is how observant he was about the things that were going on. And we sat into the, we sat in the end zone, and he began to critique the defensive back play. He began to critique, uh, you know, how guys were reacting when they were on and off the field, like to the fans, to the younger fans, like the little kids. Uh, he, he noticed those things and he paid attention to those things. So for me as a father and as a coach, regardless of what school he went to, at that point in time, sitting in the uh, the West end zone at, at Virginia Tech, if I'm saying that correctly, the one closer to the Merriman Center, you know, I just, I, I got I got an opportunity to listen to him and talk to him about his maturation in you know, football at that point in time. So you talking about 13, 14 year old kid talking about, you know, what he saw from defensive backs as we sat behind him and watched him play, what he saw from the fan to player interaction. Uh, at that point in time, I knew this guy was moving in the right direction and could possibly play football on a high level. So that was at Virginia Tech. There were some, some, uh, some other moments that were exciting and, and fun and, and great. But but that moment right there, because it was he and I and my my younger son sitting down talking about football, just as guys, not as dad, not as the football coach, just as family, you know, and it was at Virginia Tech. That's probably my best moment, even in a negative situation. And uh, we can take it home here with uh, Pat actually has to let the uh, dishwasher guy in. So I'm going to take it home here. I got a couple of shout outs that came from Hokie fans, the first one being Texas Hokie. Ecstatic to have you home in Blacksburg. Braylon, best of luck. And this one got me fired up. Mike Crawford from Virginia Tech, class of 99 to 03, says, quote, LJ, that down South Florida boy with the heavy Chevy and two 12s in the back. Braylon, congratulations, young star. Welcome to the tradition. You already know family. Bringing us home now, final word. I'm going to let you all both go, and we'll start with you, Braylon. Uh, My question to you is outside of the six foot one, 170 pound, three star safety, which everybody sees on the 24 seven scroll. What is Virginia Tech getting in Braylon Johnson? I would say like off the bat, like a high character person, just like somebody that wants to be around uh, that enjoys um, not only football, but just enjoys being around other great people. Um, but I think Tech really has, um, you know, a student of, of um, everything uh so like outside of football like I like to sew fish do things like that so not only in my football play I kind of like 
enjoy doing a lot of stuff that people might might not like really understand or like get or even like I don't know. I'm just I'm just a kind of all around guy. Um, so yeah. I didn't have sewing on my bingo board. I'll say that. I did not have sewing. I like to sew. I like to sew. I did not see that on my – I did not have that on my bingo board. And then, Coach, yeah. uh, outside of uh, – as as a father from your angle, what is Virginia Tech uh, getting? I'm going to give you an opportunity to brag on your son a little bit, how he handled this process and um, just going through it with uh, with him as well. Well, let me say this. Uh, a lot of people have been congratulating me and say, hey, man, very, I know you're proud. Uh uh, you could tell by the conversation. I've, I've been proud for a long time. I'm now excited, right? So I'm excited that our conversation now transitions into something a little bit different, right? So our phone conversations now are based around, can you send me some cash? <laughs> can I use the car? You understand? Know different things like that being a parent. But now we're talking, we're talking power five football. We're talking big time football, right? So what's your leverage? What are you doing on third and 10? Uh, you know, situational football. situation football going through that whole process. So that 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 is that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I think. And, and that's where his mind is. Right. So that portion of it is what you're getting. You're getting a knowledgeable football player. And, and I'm going to let him stand on my shoulders and gain as much the most amount of knowledge he needs to help us be successful uh, this upcoming season. And then when he gets to Blacksburg in a year. OK. Uh, so that, that's the first thing you're getting the knowledgeable football player. The second portion of it, he's going to bring to the table something I didn't bring to the table. And that's length. I didn't have his length. I didn't have his arm length. I didn't have his leg length. I didn't have that. that. Um, so I'm excited about that whole process for him because we know lengthy corners can do a lot. They can move to the nickel. They can move to the safety. Uh, and his, his ability to absorb and learn at a fast pace allows him to do those different things in the secondary if that's needed. Right. If Coach DJ and Coach Pride feel that's needed. Uh, the last part of it is, man, just his willingness uh, to be be ready to take on this legacy challenge. Right. And, you know, we, we don't talk about it a lot in our family, uh, but we have mentioned it. And, and, and it's something that he understands and he knows. Right. You're talking about Macho played at the same school as him. All right. He, he mentioned both the Fuller brothers. He knows who Keon Carpenter is. He knows who Pearson Prelo is, right? He, he, he understands J.C. Price. I mean, brothers. I mean, so he understands, right, all of the guys that I know and all of the guys that he will develop with in this whole entire process. But but he's willing to take that challenge on. A lot of guys will run from that challenge, right? I don't want to follow my father's footsteps. You know, I want to do my own thing. I want to go somewhere different. Uh, but there's a good and the bad with that entire process. So I'm glad that he's willing to take the both the good and the bad and kind of run with it and make it his own process and make it his own plan. Well, Coach, I want to tip my cap to you. Uh, this was a ton of fun to do with both of you. Uh, Coach, incredible job, incredible job. And Braylon, looking forward to your time at Virginia Tech. It certainly changed my life. It's impacted both of our lives. And I uh, want to wish you all the best and looking forward to seeing how your career unfolds in Blacksburg. And thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for coming on, guys. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said
thinking. 